Blog Talk Radio. For knowledge in the information age, high frequency radio network.
like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on iFrequency Radio Network. This is The Foundation, and we are high frequency. But we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So, you know, you... You always see us over here correctly applying that correct information. Here on the foundation, I want to start off by saying all thanks, praises, and honors to the creators, the creator and the ancestors. I want to say uh, peace, shout out, and salute to my big brother, Yusuf Fail. You know what it is, High Frequency Radio Network. Creator, Private Side Solutions, SPC University. My man be doing this dancery. You know, shout out to the big brother. I would also want, would like to invite you to check out Welcome to the Foundation.com. As always, and first and foremost, Sign up for the email list. Put your email in there. Wow, you're good. You hit the button. Boom, that's it. Make sure you check out the PDF section. You know, just download and go. Get your free, get your free knowledge on. You know I mean? Check out the education tab as well. We got the, you know, passport, no social, part one and two, as well as the, you know, foundation trust series, part one and two. And we got the trust primer. Jumping off at the, you know, that's the education tab on. Welcome to the foundation.com. You know, we got the, uh, working on the, um, definitely working on the, the final addition to the trust, foundation trust series. And, you know, obviously it's going to be part three. It's going to be three parts to the series. And, um, we're actually working on that today. We're working on that earlier. So, you know, be looking out for that. That edition. So, but right now, check out, you know, part one and part two of the Foundation Trust Series, you know, in the education tab. Moving forward, you can find the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook page, you know, on WelcomeToTheFoundation.com. You can book a consultation as well as make a donation. You know where? Where? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. WelcomeToTheFoundation.com. I want to say peace to all the listeners. All the archive listeners, I want to say peace to all the live listeners, live callers, live internet listeners. I want to say check, uh, peace to all the archive internet listeners, podcast listeners, MP3 player listeners. Definitely just want to say peace to everyone. All the listeners, everyone. Everyone. I'm not trying to miss anyone. I want to say peace to all the trustees and private trustee training. Definitely want to shoot the private, you know, the private trustees. You know, trustee training is, you know, every Sunday we be, you know, we be, we be going, yo, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. So, you know, definitely want to say peace to all the trustees and private trustee training, as well as anyone and all of you who are investing in your private education outside of, you know, the foundation trustee training, I'm just not trying to, 
make it sound like that's the only way to invest in your private education is through trustee training with the foundation. I'm not saying that. Not, no, no. It's regardless if I feel that. <laughs> as well as I want to say peace to anyone that we have <laughs> done business with in the private, anyone whom has sent an email, well wishes, a current event, or, you know, otherwise added to the foundation. Definitely want to say we appreciate you. Um, the foundation today is brought to you by High Frequency Radio Network. <laughs> I'm having a good day, y'all. You know, I'm given the circumstances, but you know, today we're checking out benefits of tax exemption. We're talking about that, obviously, that private foundation. I'm going to jump in these current events real quick, though. Let's jump. Let's do this dance real quick. You know, blah blah. So. The Wall Street Journal, Steve Mnuchin is urging Congress to pass more stimulus funding. The Treasury Secretary says he would call Speaker Pelosi to press for more talks on a release bill. Treasury Secretary urged Congress to appropriate more money to combat the effects of the pandemic, saying at a hearing yesterday, he was ready to sit down with Democratic leaders to resume negotiations at any time. For more than a month since key provisions of the Landmark CARES Act expired, Democrats and Republicans have been at loggerheads over the size and content of another relief package. So, I guess they're willing to talk about it. We'll see. In the meantime, the Dow rallies above 29 thousand points S&P 500 NASDAQ hit fresh records investors are betting on additional stimulus and a vaccine which is pushing more money into stocks which is signified by a broad rally today that lifted the Dow Jones industrial average above 29,000 I'm sorry 29,000 for the first time since February and set the S&P 500 NASDAQ composite to new records. Stocks have soared from their March lows with help from the Federal Reserve, which cut interest rates and moved to stabilize financial markets. And on hopes for a vaccine or treatment for the new coronavirus. Including today, the S&P 500 has closed higher in the nine of the past 10 trading days. I think that's, you know, definitely definitely significant when you got stuff like United Airlines is going to cut 16,370 workers and many more are going without pay. This is Reuters.com. The airline company said today it's preparing to furlough 16,370 workers when federal aid expires on October 1st. And the pandemic continues to devastate the airline industry, though one union said many more will be without pay. United's cuts include 6,920 flight attendants, but the union represented them said 14,000 will not have a paycheck in October unless Congress acts to extend $25 billion in aid. 
This is because many have opted for leaves that will provide health care but no money. Associate of Flight Attendant CWA International President Sarah Nelson said, quote, United's furlough announces announcement, excuse me, does not tell the full story, end quote. Airlines have been lobbying Washington for a second stimulus package to protect jobs through March while the industry waits for recovery. The first $25 billion, which covered airline payrolls, expires this month, but talks have stalled as Congress has struggled to reach agreement on a broader coronavirus assistance package. Chicago-based United has had, excuse me, over 90,000 employees before the pandemic brought the industry to a near standstill in March. It warned in July that 36,000 jobs were at risk of involuntary furloughs as demand remained weak. I think that's, you know, an, I mean, an understatement. <clears throat> Um, U.S. passenger airlines are still collectively losing more than $5 billion a month as 30% of planes remain parked. Passenger travel demand is down about 70%. On average, planes that are flying are half full. Um, U.S. recovery slow and uneven, and it's hampered by uncertainty. Says a Fed survey, this is Reuters again. U.S. business activity and employment ticked up through late August, the Federal Reserve said today, but economic growth was generally sluggish as hotspots hampered reopening efforts that fueled an early summer rebound. The Fed, in its Beige Book report, highlighted the uneven rebound underway in the U.S. economy with some areas such as residential real estate surging with the help help of low interest rates, but other sectors such as commercial construction and agriculture struggling to rebound. Quote, economic activity increased among most districts, but gains were generally modest and the activity remained well below levels prior to the pandemic. End quote. This is the Fed in the report, which is based on anecdotal information collected from business contacts across the country. Reports show economic progress was not spread equally across the nation. But the New York Fed District reported economic activity has stalled. The Chicago Fed District reporting it has increased strongly. The Atlanta Fed District seeing mixed signals, and the San Francisco Fed saying activity expanded slightly. Very interesting. Meanwhile, Reuters.com forward to cut 1,400 U.S. salaried jobs through buyouts by the end of the year. Ford said today it is targeting the elimination of 1,400 U.S. salary jobs by year and as part of a multi-year $11 billion restructuring. The layoffs will be achieved through voluntary buyouts. U.S. automakers said in an email sent to employees, the buyouts will be offered to employees who are eligible for retirement. Quote, we're in a multi-year process of making Ford more fit and effective around the world. We have reprioritized certain products and services and are adjusting our staffing to better align with our new work statement, end quote. This is Ford's America's president, uh, Kumar Galhotra, 
Galahotra. Galahotra. Ford has set its target 10% operating margin in North America last year. Before the pandemic and operations, Ford's North American operating margin was 6.7%. Dearborn, Michigan-based company previously said it expects a full-year loss because of the pandemic's impact. It expects a pre-tax profit of between $500 million and $1.5 billion in the third quarter and a loss in the fourth quarter as it launches several new vehicles. Last year, Ford cut 7,000 salary jobs globally. Remember, this is pre-pandemic. As well as targeting 12,000 additional layoffs at plant closures in Europe. It also restructured operations in China and South America. Ford is changing chief executives on October 1st to Jim Farley from Jim Hackett. Very interesting. A lot of a lot of companies are laying off people. A lot of you know, a lot of jobs restructuring. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff going on. What am I going to uh, CNBC? Here's how much you should have saved at every age. How much should you be saving for retirement? Is an age-old question that just about everybody wants to know. Well, the answer has a lot to do with when you plan to retire and the type of lifestyle you want to have in retirement. There are some general guidelines that you can follow at every age to help you get there. Um, I'm reading this sarcastically because it's 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 silly. It's it's too bad. I mean, because you know it's talking to everybody, but you know most people can't do this. According to retirement plan provider Fidelity Investments, the rule of thumb is, is excuse me, to save ten times your income if you want to retire by age sixty-seven. Adjust this amount if you want to retire any earlier or later. So, here's how much cash they say you should have stashed away at every age. By age 30, one times your income or the equivalent of your annual salary saved. If you earn $55,000 per year by your 30th birthday, you should have $55,000 saved. So, I guess if you you make $15,000 a year, you shouldn't have $15,000 saved. By age 40, three times your income. By age 50, you should have six times your income saved. By age 60, eight times your income. And by age 67, ten times your income. To reach the above um, suggestions, Fidelity, excuse me, recommends that you save 15% of your income each year since age 25. And that over your lifetime, you invest more than 50% of your savings in stocks to get a higher return in your money. Of course they do. Of course, of course, Fidelity.com is recommending that you invest 50% of your savings. CNBC.com, how much you'll need to save per month to retire with $1 million on a $50,000 salary broken down by age. First of all, how many people are making $50,000? I wonder what the average American makes, you know, a year. And if it's $50,000, anyways, automatically saving a percentage of your salary can be one of the easiest ways to fund your retirement, blah, 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 blah. 
figuring out how much your contribution will equal in the future can be confusing. If you're planning to get to 1 million, starting younger will go a long way, of course, toward keeping the process manageable as a rule of thumb. Most financial advisors suggest you say 10% to 15% of your annual salary. And this is, you know, you can think of this as paying yourself first. If you've ever heard a concept of paying yourself first, Pay yourself first. You pay. You pay the phone company, and you pay. You pay the light bill, and you know you you pay the gas bill, and you and you pay the bank for your car, and you pay. You might pay the bank for your house, you know, on a mortgage, and you know you pay the clothing companies to get your clothes, and you know you pay the 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 restaurants and the grocery stores to get your food, and you you pay the gas station to get your gas, like you know, but pay yourself first. I mean, you could think of, you know, quote, saving, you know, 10 to 15 percent of your annual salary. And the easy way to do that is just 10 to 15 percent of every check, and which will even out and equal out to your 10 to 15 percent of your annual salary. But, you know, I like to tell people, you know, um, if you save 10 percent of every check, 10 to 15 percent of every check in real, real, real money, obviously, of course, you know, you know where we're at. Then you know you're pretty much you're pretty much good because you know we definitely look at uh, precious metals as insurance against our paper money. And anyways, <clears throat> saving less is likely to leave you with regrets while going too much higher, and that can put you put a strain on your budget. Personal finance website NerdWallet crunched the numbers, and we can tell you exactly how much of your $50,000 you'll need to tuck away to get there. So both of these things are saying that you're making $50,000 a year. And I, like I said, I would like to, I would like to know how much most Americans are making. Just a few things to remember. These numbers assume you have no money in your retirement plan that you will get a 6% return on your investments and that you will retire at age 65. The math also, excuse me, the math also does not account for potential pay increases, employer matches, inflation, which is negative, or any curveballs life may throw at you. So plan accordingly. Very interesting. CNN business first, toilet paper, then yeast. Now laptops are hard to find. In March, as the country transitioned to online learning almost overnight because of the pandemic, many schools and families did their best to make do with the tools they had. The situation revealed deep disparities in access to at-home technology, and many school districts hoped to rectify the situation when they began hybrid or online schooling come fall. But with districts across the country all placing big device orders around the same time and with many universities and companies also relying on remote work, the unprecedented demand for laptops has strained supply chains. As a result, as a result, excuse me, schools and families are dealing with shipping delays, limited selections, and higher than usual technology costs. Many device makers say they're working to scale production to meet the need, but there's only so much they can do. And I'm watching this very closely. I'm, I really am. Which is a quote. I'm not, no, that's not what I'm watching. I'm watching this whole thing playing play out. I mean, play out. Excuse me. Um, anyways, quote: The supply chain is not built to satisfy this kind of demand. I would be surprised if anything is fully caught up before the end of the year. This is MPD analyst Stephen Baker. Uh, Denver, Denver Public Schools began the process of ordering devices in April for the fall and by mid-July had completed orders 
for more than 12,500 Lenovo 300E touchscreen laptops. The district had previously used that device and believed it had the features and durability needed for remote learning. But several weeks later, the district's third-party supplier said the order was stuck in U.S. Customs and encouraged DPS to look for alternatives. Quote, we worked with a myriad of fronts and different dealers for other solutions. We started calling big box stores. We checked Amazon to see what the max amount we could order over any number of days. What we saw very quickly was that there was no inventory, not even a fraction of what we needed, end quote. Best Buy CEO Corey Berry said on an earnings call last week that, quote, stronger than anticipated demand, end quote, as the company responds, I'm sorry, reopened stores resulted in more constrained product availability. Amazon declined to comment, but its website also shows limited stock for some devices. Blah, blah, blah. Denver schools can't get it. Sales spikes that we have never seen. The issue is not that device makers are producing fewer laptops. Many device makers are actually enjoying elevated sales. Since the first week of April, PC retail sales have jumped 44% compared to the same time period in the prior year. This year, though, demand has been so great that tech companies have been left scrambling to meet demand. Acer and the entire industry are facing historic demand on computers and monitors. Component supply is fairly tight. However, Acer and our suppliers are working diligently to put products in the hands of its customers and so on and so forth. So a lot of demand for these these laptops. I don't know. You know, I guess let me know. If you if you if you're looking for a laptop if you're having issues. If you know I would just suggest if you need to grab some do your best to grab a desktop. Reuters dot com Americans on lockdown on oh, excuse me. Americans on lockdown pay more for groceries. Clothes and appliances. U.S. shoppers have been paying more than last year for a range of consumer goods during the pandemic, from eggs and deli meat to running shoes, according to a Reuters analyst. In regards to the latest pricing and sales data, eggs prices rose 16.5% in the four weeks ended August 22nd, according to Nielsen data. Ketchup prices rose 4.9%. In Q2, prices rose 7.2%. Shoppers paid nearly 10% more for Kraft Heinz's sauces, like ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise in the four weeks of August 8th before the pandemic. Prices were on the decline, according to Nielsen data. Instant coffee prices rose 8.4%. 8.4%. 8.4% in the four weeks ending August 22nd, 8.1% in the four weeks ending July 25th, and Q2 prices rose 5.5%. Shoppers paid roughly 8. Point, I'm sorry, 8.0% more for Smucker's Instant Coffees, Folgers, and Dunkin'. Cheese prices rose 7.3%. Uh, lunch meat prices rose. Fresh 
plant-based meat, men's Nike and Air Max shoes. Of course, that stuff's coming from China, so that those prices are going to rise. Women's Lululemon yoga pants. I'm sure that stuff's made in China or somewhere. Uh, cases of beer rose in, rose in price. Uh, I'm sure that's due to the availability. Most people are at home trying to, you know, do their dance. Major appliances. Prices rose. That's going to do to supply and demand. People going to have more demand. Uh, Louis Vuitton, never full. Monogram handbag prices. Who cares? Infant, infant formula is on the rise. Uh, disposable diapers, laundry detergent, body, bottled water, onions, women's, uh, I don't know what that is. Anyways, a lot of stuff's on the rise, a lot of stuff that people are grabbing, and, you know, prices are increasing. Reuters.com, Toyota, U.S. August sales fell 23% as pandemic weighs on inventory. Toyota reported yesterday a 23% drop in U.S. new vehicle sales in August versus the same month in 2019 as a two-month industry-wide shutdown of auto production in the spring to halt the spread of the pandemic as well as an uncertain economic recovery weighed on sales. This was Toyota's fifth straight month of U.S. sales declines. South Korean automaker Hyundai said its U.S. sales fell 8.4% in August, largely due to the decline in fleet sales in rental car companies. Automakers have struggled to get inventory to dealerships and dealers to replenish stocks following the pandemic-fueled shutdowns. This has enabled them to scale back consumer discounts on popular models and raise vehicle prices. You hear that? All these prices, I'm talking inflation. I'm just going to say it's inflation. They're going to, you know, all these reasons of what all this stuff's going on. I'm calling inflation. Two Car Incorporated subsidiary ALG said on Tuesday that the average transaction price for vehicles was up 3.9% in August versus the same month in 2019, while U.S. demand for new vehicles has remained stronger than expected after driving off a cliff in March and April as a number of states shut down because of the pandemic, there is plenty of uncertainty on whether a sustained recovery is possible. 23%. Meanwhile, gold slumps over 1.5%. Oh my God, 1.5% is a slump. <laughs> Jeez. Because a dollar rebound and an economic recovery, hopes, hopes and dreams and sprinkles and glitter. Gold fell more than 1.5% today as the dollar Firmed and a strong rebound in U.S. manufacturing sector fueled hopes and dreams and glitter and sprinkles of the rapid recovery in the coronavirus hit economy. Quote, the main factor is the stronger dollar. Gold is moving in a completely inverse direction to the dollar today. End quote. This is Edward Meir, Meir, Meyer, Meir, I don't know. An analyst at EDNF Man Capital Markets who added good U.S. factory order number for July was also weighing on the metal. New orders for U.S. made goods increased more than expected in July, while Tuesday's U.S. manufacturing data showed activity accelerated to a near two-year high in August, increasing optimism, hope, prayers, about a steady recovery 
U.S. private payrolls, on the other hand, increased less than expected, uh, pointing to a slowing labor market recovery. Quote, as far as the economy is concerned, though, you're going to get this small bounces in economic data, but you're not going to get any significant change in the economy whatsoever for a long, long time. Quote. I'm sorry, end quote. This is Philip Strebel, chief market strategist at Blue Line Futures in Chicago. Investors are now focusing on tomorrow's initial U.S. jobless claims report and Friday's non-farm payroll data. Although gold should remain supported as buyers tend to step in on big dips on continued concerns of the pandemic and lower interest rate environment. Oh, that's why gold remains supported because buyers usually step in on dips. Man, y'all love the narrative? I hope y'all see y'all be checking the narrative. The safe haven metal has gained 27% so far this year, though. Gold, gold is up 27% just this year. Told y'all, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, still telling y'all, still telling y'all. Get your hands on some precious metals, baby. Alright, CNN Business, and then we out. We gonna jump into this, you know what I'm saying? CNN Business. Apple helped the U.S. government build a top-secret iPod, former engineer says. David Scherer was sitting at his desk in 2005 when his boss, his boss's boss at Apple, asked him to take on a, quote, special assignment for the company. Helped the U.S. Department of Energy build a top-secret iPod. Scherer One of the early software engineers hired to work on the first iPod detailed the request this week in a blog post. In addition to the head of iPod software, who approached him that day, Shayer claimed only two others within Apple knew about the project. The vice president of the iPod division and the senior vice president of hardware, all those involved have since left the company, he said. Shayer said he met with two engineers from Bechtel, a U.S. defense contractor, and was told they would build the iPod. All he had to do was provide any assistance they required from Apple. The iPods had to look and function like regular iPods, but would contain some custom software that could record data and not be detected by the average user, Shager said. This wasn't a collaboration with Bechtel with contract and payment. It was Apple doing a favor under the table for the Department of Energy, end quote. Quote, my bad. Apple, Bechtel, and Department of Energy did not immediately respond to a request to comment. The apparent collaboration with the government to add secret features to Apple's products runs in sharp contrast to the company's clashes with the FBI and Department of Justice in recent years over its refusal to build backdoors and iPhones. Apple has repeatedly pushed back against U.S. authorities' demands to allow access to the iPhones of suspects and mass shootings, saying building such a workaround would compromise privacy for all its users. Shayer said he never found out exactly what kind of hardware the two Bechtel engineers were looking to add to the secret iPod, and they were very careful to keep it from him. But he does have a theory. They may have been building a stealth Geiger counter by measuring uh, for measuring radioactivity. Quote, you could walk around the city casually listening to your tunes, 
by recording evidence of radioactivity, scanning for smuggled or stolen uranium, for instance, or evidence of a dirty bomb development program with no chance that the press or public would get wind of what was happening, he wrote. And this, you know, look, I'm just going to tell y'all, man, y'all trust these, if y'all trust these um, technology companies, Google, if you trust Apple, if you really believe that Apple really didn't assist the, the, the government to get into the phone of a suspected terrorist, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I think um, I think all of these devices have backdoors <laughs> or some sort of vulnerabilities. They call them zero-day exploits. And I think that, you know, anyone who thinks their stuff is safe or secure is just really – you know, kind of, you know, just playing yourself. You really just, you really just playing yourself. And the fact that it's being put out there that that these people assisted in the building of a of a an iPod. They assisted the government to build a, something that looked like an iPod that can pass as an iPod. It wasn't really an iPod. I mean, to think about that, iPods. How old are those things? Do they even make iPods anymore? This is a, we're talking at least ten years old, aren't we? I don't know. I could be wrong. You know, I could be. I, I could be tripping. You know, maybe, possibly. I just think. I think this is information that's uh, you know that's pertinent. That's 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 important, and that's that's why you know I included it. In current events. But that's it. That's it for current events, y'all. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? All right. Welcome to the foundation. Appreciate y'all. You know, definitely. I think, you know, this is a going to be a great show. We talking about the benefits of tax exemption and, and private foundations. Bottom line, you know, if you know me, if you've been listening to any of the shows over the years, you understand really what I'm about and, and what I'm not about. And what I'm not about is about that that ridiculous adversarial um, uh, controversial public controversy type behavior for, for whatever reason. You know? And I'm just I'm just not with it. So so when it comes to you know this adversarial public controversy, you know I don't I don't participate in public controversies. And I think you know arguing or going back and forth, or you know I think this stuff you know can really it can really get to the point where we're talking about it and we're dealing with a public controversy. Which is I'm just being honest. And this is just my opinion. And this is not legal advice. I don't give legal advice. And, you know, this whole entire show that we're doing is not can, not to be construed as legal advice. This is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. 
But I'm not I'm not with the controversial dishonorable behavior. The the controversial dishonorable attempts at executing business because it's all business, you know. Even a traffic accident, you know, in the exchange of insurance information, it, that's just it's just business. People people get upset. You hit my car, all this stuff, but you know, really realistically, it's just business. And when it comes to you know business, and when it comes to being private, y'all know where I'm at, and I'm dealing with the you know I'm dealing with the private, you know, contractual entity. And with that, you know, that specific entity, you know, I'm I'm, I'm looking to administer it in a certain way. And within within what I feel. Um, Every estate and and within every uh, private estate and every, I guess, you know, I'm saying it, everyone who is, quote, generating income, you understand what I'm saying? Most people, most people, I'm going to say everyone, given a choice, no one would pay taxes. No one would pay income taxes if given a choice. I I can't think of anyone. I'm like, yo. You got a choice to pay income taxes, and you have a choice not to pay income taxes. And then they'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna pay income taxes. I don't know. I don't know anyone that would say that. I really don't. So you know, this being the thing. But what people don't understand is um, universal uh, universal laws are the principles underlying every success in any and all areas. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that one more time. Maybe not. Maybe I'll say it a couple more times. But I'm going to say it again right now. Universal laws are the principles underlying every success in any and all areas. Boom. Boom. And it may be like, oh, my man said he's going to talk about the benefits of tax exemption, private foundation. Why are you talking about universal laws? Because to take advantage of power or realistically force, one must be accountable and responsible and trustworthy, accountable, responsible, trustworthy. That is to take advantage of power or force in a proper manner that there's no negative power or force that comes back to you. Now, I don't know, you know, I don't know how you look at things. I don't know what your philosophy is, but I do know that what I'm saying is absolutely true. 100% true. You can't get around it. You can't get away from it. Um, You can ignore it. You can do whatever, but you're still subject. You're still subject to natural law. You know?
So in understanding that, I'm, I'm going to move on to the next point. Yes, I'm talking about the benefits of tax exemption, private foundation, private family foundation to be specific. But I got to bring you there in a certain way, in my opinion. Otherwise, I'm just talking at you. I don't want to talk at you. Y'all know I don't talk at y'all. So universe, knowing that universal laws are the principles that are underlying every success in any and all areas, and knowing that in order to take advantage of a power or force, one must be accountable and responsible and trustworthy, we got to take a step further and understand that to go somewhere new, you must do some things differently. I know, oh man, he's getting all philosophical. You know, he likes to, he likes to sound smart, you know, or whatever. That's not the case. I'm trying to, you know, you got to get to a conceptual point to where, you know, we can really, you know, get to the, get on the level. And if you want to talk about tax exemptions, you're going to talk about, you know, um, a private family foundation, you got to understand what it is, you know. So first and foremost, It is an entity created in trust form. I know a lot of y'all probably were like, you just assume that because it's so L talking. And so L is nine times out of ten, you talk about something in trust form. Unless he's specifically talking about an LLC or something. You know, you know I'm talking about something in trust form. You know I know that trust knowledge, administration, and law to be the foundation required for the proper administration of entities in the commercial realm worldwide. It's not just America. So a private family foundation is a tax-exempt entity that is structured in trust form. So that's what I mean. You know, you, you know, part of part of all of this is understanding that we we own nothing. We control everything, and that's not something cool to be saying. Oh man, I own nothing. No man, that sounds cool. I'm gonna say that. Nah, man, it is a universal law, fam. You own nothing. You own nothing on this planet. Nothing. You don't even own your body. You will leave your body. It will still be here. And and hopefully, uh, your wishes with your body will be, you know, followed. But you have no control over that. Man. Everything that you possess, everything that you gain, quote physically on this plane, is not yours. It will never be yours. It's just in your control. So you know, when we when we get to moving out of the, this public mind state of ego of mine, 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 like children, watch children sit around, give them toys and stuff. Watch the mind, 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 mind dance. But yeah. Tax exempt, structured in trust form. Um, It's really, what is it? What is it? Uh, It's the difference between um, controlled knowledge and true knowledge. It's the difference between um, social capital versus taxes. You know, it's the difference between uh, voluntary 
taxation and involuntary taxation. And you're like, oh, I thought that you're talking about a, a tax exemption, right? But either way, not all structures of a private estate will be tax exempt. You know, typically there's only one tax exempt structure. It's a foundation. It's a family foundation. Think Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Think Rockefeller Foundation. Think Carnegie Foundation. Think uh, Mark uh, Zuckerberg Foundation. Think all think all of the you know the, the Clinton Foundation. Think of all these different family found. You've heard them. You've heard family names before the word foundation. That's what I'm talking about. Typically, only one structure is, you know, of the family estate is a foundation. The other structures are trusts. Why is that important? Well, a certain type of trust can donate 100% of its taxable income to a charity. And then take a charitable deduction on its 1041. And that charity being a private family foundation show and prove what I just said earlier. You own nothing, control everything. So if 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 the foundation is under the control of the family members, which it is, it's called a private family foundation. You can look it up. Private Family Foundation. Do you still control the quote money? Is it still under the control of you, you know, or your family and so on and so forth? This is this is it. I'm telling you. There's no arguing, you know, the, the Internal Revenue Service sends the tax exempt letter in less than 30 days. Amazing. There's no argument. There's no rebuttals. But, you know, the foundation must have a charitable purpose. Charitable purpose, religious, educational, scientific, literary, testing for public safety, or fostering national and international amateur sports competition and the prevention of cruelty to children and animals. The term charitable is used in its generally accepted legal sense and includes relief of the poor, the distressed, or the underprivileged, advancement of religion, advancement of education or science, erection or maintenance of public buildings, monuments, or works, lessening the burdens of government, lessening neighborhood tensions, eliminating prejudice and discrimination, defending human and civil rights secured by law, and combating community deterioration and juvenile delinquency. Now, you got income. It's going to be taxed. Whether voluntary or involuntary, 
The involuntary tax would be, you know, a charitable donation to a private family foundation, of course. The the involuntary tax would be the internal revenue service. Um, certain types of trusts that are able to donate 100% of the taxable income to a charity. Uh, private family foundations, individuals can donate 30% of their adjusted gross income to a private charity and receive a charitable deduction on the individual's tax return. Even those in the public, even those who have jobs. So what is it? Um, I will say this on the air. You know, I I was thinking about what I was going to say, you know, uh, for this show because this, you know, this information is kind of kept close to the chest because we get into some other stuff, you know. Um, but I will say this, you know, it, it, it is a, a there are multiple different types of foundations, and typically you just want to uh, offer grants. And like I said, this isn't you no know, legal advice. You need to talk to people. You know, you should you know email me admin at workingfoundation dot com. But you know, please understand. You know, um, oh man, just just please understand. Uh, for those of you that can hear what I'm saying and can kind of add two and two together, you know, uh, I can't. I will say this, you know, uh, a private family foundation is tax exempt. It can generate income off investments tax-free. Um, offering loans at nominal interest is an investment. It's an investment inter- instrument with regards to a, a, a private family foundation that's tax exempt holding uh a security agreement, a loan agreement, where the payments are to be paid at interest, at nominal interest. It doesn't have to be ex- crazy, crazy high interest, and it can't be super-duper low interest, like never heard of, never seen before. Come on, man, you got to substantiate the dance. But a loan, if I'm, if I'm loaning you money, that's an inv- I'm investing the money that I'm loaning to you. Because I'm going to get the money back, plus I'm going to get interest, okay? So a loan is an investment. Uh, private family foundations can generate income off investments tax-free. You need to holler at um, a tax attorney. You need to holler at uh, a lawyer. You need to holler at someone who, you know, gives legal advice. I'm not giving legal advice. I'm not giving legal advice. And And loans can be executed between individuals and businesses and trust. I mean, businesses and trusts are legal persons. On the individual side, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, uh, but I can't give legal advice. I can't say, I can say what I would be in that. I wouldn't. But on the, on the, on the LLs, on the, you know, on the business side or the trust side, baby, to generate income off investments tax fees. So, Technically, the money can come back to another entity that's controlled in the form of a loan. Uh. Uh, y'all rewind that. Listen, I'm done. Look, foundation for do's and don'ts. The four do's of a private family foundation do receive donations to the foundation. That's number one. Number two, do manage the assets. Of the foundation, you got to manage it. You know, you're a trustee. It's, it's the same thing. Fiduciary responsibility. 
Number three, do honor what is known as the 5% payout rule. The 5% payout rule. And, you know, of course, because it's tax exempt, the private family foundation does not pay taxes, <laughs> but there is a requirement that it expense 5% every year. So out of 100% of the donations that the foundation, the family foundation receives in a calendar year, it must expense at least 5% of that. One more time. Of 100% of the donations the private family foundation receives within the calendar year, it must expense at least 5%. Be in the form of grants, charitable grants. Number four, do comply with all filing requirements. The filing is a 990PF. PF stands for Private Family Foundation. I'm sorry, stands for Private Foundation. Um, the four don'ts. The private foundations don't self-deal. Of course not. I mean, you're a trustee. You understand that, right? Number two, don't make bad or jeopardizing investment. I mean, why would you do that? Number three, don't create or maintain excess business holdings. I'm not giving legal advice. I'm just saying it. You know what I'm saying? And number four, don't make any taxable expenditures. And you got to check out what, you know, what a taxable expenditure is. I'm saying I don't give legal advice. I don't give tax advice. Okay? I mean, we educate with regards to, you know, trust administration. But according to the law of tax-exempt organizations written by John Hopkins, self-dealing in general, the federal tax law prohibits acts of self-dealing between a private foundation and a disqualified person. The phraseology is also in the definition of an excess benefit transaction. The definition of an excess benefit transaction is based on the contract law concept of consideration. It generally is any transaction in which an economic benefit is provided by an applicable tax-exempt organization directly or indirectly to or for the use of any disqualified person. If the value of the economic benefit provided by the exempt organization exceeds the value of the consideration received for providing the benefit. So bottom line, I mean, don't, I wouldn't, wouldn't self-deal. 5% payout rule, the basic rule is is simply stated each year every family foundation must make eligible charitable expenditures that equal or exceed approximately 5% of the value of its endowment. The word payout, while convenient, is somewhat misleading and is not used in the tax code section that creates the rule. The word payout suggests grants or contributions paid out so the charities, although these grants normally make up more than 92% of expenditures, most foundations, many other expenses also qualify in meeting the minimum payout requirement. In short, the 5% payout rule need not be satisfied solely with grants. Grants, administrative expenses, payments made to acquire charitable assets, set-asides, and program-related investments also are included in 5% payout rule. That's according to Family Foundations in the Law by John E. Um, 
generally the limit of 20% of shares outstanding. Definition of excess business holdings. You don't want your foundation to own more than 20% of shares of any company. Private foundation is permitted to hold no more than 20% of a corporation's voting stock or other interest in a business enterprise. It would be the same thing with an LLC. These are permitted holdings. And if effective control can be shown elsewhere, a 35% limit may be substituted with a 20% limit. And taxable expenditures, pertaining to the matters such as legislative activities, activities, electioneering, grants to individuals, grants to non-charitable organizations, and grants to non-charitable purposes. Improper and, in effect, prohibited expenditures, expenditures are termed taxable expenditures, so anything prohibited. Bottom line, you got to be careful. And I know, yeah, and I know. I expect y'all to download this or, or record it or, you know, whatever, and, you know, listen to this over and over, take notes and do your own research, and then email me at admin at welcome to the foundation.com if you want to move forward. But I'm going to tell you this. In my field, there's two types of, of information. Um, there's two types of people in this country. There's those who come from informed families or uninformed families, period. And there's two types of information. There's either controlled knowledge or true knowledge. And I'm going to tell you this. I don't care what letters or numbers or whatever is behind your name. It could be doctor or whatever. I don't care what degrees and whatnot. That is controlled knowledge. The public educational system has been controlled since the early 1900s by the very, very wealthy families in this country. If you don't know that, you need to do some research. I got there's some shows, at least one show that I did within the last year, I think, where I broke down the educational system. And you can check it out. The the public educational system, and specifically the university and college level educational system, is heavily controlled by private families through their foundations. Deanships, professorships, and chairs are all endowed by private families or foundations. And this is how you get your hands into the run rate. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. There's there's two sets of financial information in this country. If you make a certain amount of money, you get one set. If you make another certain amount, you get another. And there's what's called, you know, being able to hit the run rate. And that's $10 million in investment capital, $10 million in assets, and you make $10 million a year. And you get a whole different set of information. But in order to act, not, not necessarily, in order to access the information, you need to be able to make a certain amount of money. But in order to um, apply the information, you need to be structured properly, hands down. And a lot of these things that you deal with when it comes to getting into permanent industries, if you've never heard that, you need to write that down, permanent Industries, because that's that. This is how real wealth is made, and how it's kept into the family, or one of the ways. Permanent industries. 
And these permanent industries are going to be investing, investments. I'm, how, 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 how long are people going to invest forever? People are always going to be investing. Banking, and I would say healthcare. And the only way you can do these is through financial endowments, and you you can only set up financial endowments through a, a public charity, a trust, or a private family foundation. This is information that is not offered to the public. If you're hearing what I'm saying, I don't know what you did, I don't know what path you're on or something, but you're getting the juice. And financial endowments is how the educational system is controlled. Whether it's European studies, African-American studies, the, the school isn't paid for that curriculum to be taught. There's, a, there's some private family behind behind that. And these families have this information and they don't want your family to know because they need your, the members of your family to work in their they companies and in their industries so they can perpetuate the income multi-generational for their family. And we can play games and do dances all day and this trust stuff and it's cool. But when it comes to, you know, real true tax exemption, it's got to be on the charitable side. Education is charitable. You gotta look up look up charitable purposes. But you gotta understand the proper structure. You gotta understand what you're looking at, and you gotta understand, um, you know, the, the rules. If you understand the rules, it's cool. You know the rules of the game, you're good. But this is high frequency. You know, you have already introduced the rules to the game. That's with with regards to really. A mind state and behavior. Public and private don't mix. There is no money. Staying all at all costs. Do not do not participate in public controversies. But the rules of the commercial game, the rules of the trust game, the rules of the money game, and the rules of the wealth game, rules of the multi generational wealth game, and the rules of the tax game. All different sets of rules. All for different sets of things. So, you know, um, I know there's a lot of different ways to do a lot of different things, you know, but, you know, I'm, um, you know, when it comes to being private, you know, I'm just, I use private contractual trust and I use, you know, tax exempt entities, legal and separate distinct contract entities and trust and contract form. Uh, that 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 entity being designated tax exempt and understanding the rules. But you know, universal laws are the principles underlying every success in any and all areas. To take advantage of power or force, one must be accountable and respectful. Responsible and trustworthy And to go somewhere new You must do Some things different And you know The power is in the structure The power is in the knowledge And the power is in You know 
the application of the knowledge through specific structures. We can go back and forth for days, but I know what I'm doing. I know how I'm doing it. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're doing it, but I know what I'm doing. I know how I'm doing it. And it's through private structures, structured properly, and you know, in and within the family estate, there exists a private family foundation that is tax exempt that can receive donations from one entity and then give a loan to a whole other entity. Whether or not those entities are a part of the same estate as long as it's not loans and donations going back and forth between the same entities I'm not giving legal advice though get off me I'm trying to splash y'all with this you know Flash y'all with this syrup because I'm over here pancake and toes, literally, like straight up. And things are getting real, things are getting serious with the economy, with jobs, and so on and so forth. And those of us who are dependent on the public are suffering. And I've been waxing poetic for almost five years that we need to reduce our dependence on the public. We need to start our own family businesses. We need to set up our own private estates through contractual entities. And we need to administer our private estates and do our own business privately. And reestablish our private estate Business trust Asset trust, family trust Private family foundation LLC on the public side Slap that with the business credit Do your dance A lot of people think you have time I've had, I got time 2017 I got time 2016 I got time 20, 2018 I got time 2019 I got time 2020 I still got a little time don't I I don't know What I do know Is that if you're not emailing me Admin at welcome to the foundation.com I don't know what to tell you The small business association is still Accepting applications for Businesses and trusts With regards to The economic injury and disaster loan I'm not giving legal advice I'm not an attorney I'm not a lawyer But those trustees in trustee training, those under the mentorship of the foundation and those clients or members of the foundation, I would say, who have gotten consultations and acted on that information, they were able to, on behalf of their company that was properly set up and substantiated on the federal and state level, they were able to, on behalf of the company, apply for the economic injury disaster loan. And it was an amazing thing, you know. It really was. And that's, that's on the business. It's not on the individual. Like I said, we own nothing and control everything and the business the benefits of tax exemption through the private family foundation is right along those lines we own nothing control everything
Because everything you own personally is acquirable through litigation, through a lawsuit. Everything you own is at risk and can be taken from you or taxed to you. Whether you have insurance or not, insurance policies, um, insurance does not uh, cover punitive damages or intentional wrongdoing. Whether you intentionally do it or not, if you get, if you get like in a, in a, in a proceeding in a court of law or something, something, and they say it was intentional wrongdoing. Insurance doesn't cover that. Insurance doesn't cover punitive damages either. You get sued. You can get sued. You can always be sued for more than the insurance policies can cover. We own nothing. We control everything. And I, you know, any I feel like people, individuals who do not have a lot of money need trust more than those who do have a lot of money. Just because those who have a lot of money you know, can typically bounce back if they lose everything. Those who don't, man, it took them a long it took them a long time to get what little they had. And if they get knocked out and lose everything, it's it's pretty much a rap rizzle. But I'm gonna tell you that, you look like you apply on behalf of the private family foundation for the tax exempt status, it's granted and acknowledged, I would say, in less than thirty days. The 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 nine ninety PF goes to the EO division of the IRS, the exempt organization division of the IRS. It's a whole different division. They 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 hold different. There's a whole different attitude talking to these people. And you gotta understand the contract makes the law. So when you're when your tax exempt entity is structured in a contract trust form, it's 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 the most powerful charity in the United States in in, in America. Because contract makes the law. You understand that. You know that contract runs the world. That, that's you know that's I don't know that's you know admin at welcome to the foundation dot com I don't know what else to say you know i've been I've been saying pretty much the same things <clears throat> for you know five years right here on high frequency radio network trust. Real money, true knowledge, proper investments, and private family foundations. I don't talk as much about foundations. I don't. I don't think most of us are ready for that type of responsibility. But with great responsibility comes great. Power comes great force. I think a lot of people just want the power, the force, the benefit, and don't want to deal with the responsibility, the accountability that comes along with wielding great power. 
And I, you know, I think that's too bad. I really think it's too bad. We let ourselves, you know, get away with things that we would talk a lot of stuff crazy about other people. We say things and we that we don't follow through on. We do things that we regret later on or the next day or next week or next year or 10 years down the line. But you know, you know, you know when you hear the truth. You know what you're hearing right now. You know what it is. But are you willing to be accountable for the knowledge and the information that's at your fingertips? Are you willing to be responsible after being accountable for your education, for your private estate, for your family? And are you willing to be trustworthy to not self-deal, to co-mingle? That you can really step up and own nothing, control everything, and accept the benefits of that account that level of accountability and responsibility. Hands down. People want twelve steps and give me the twelve steps and let me just follow this process and let me just get it. That's unrealistic. It's not gonna happen. Consistency and dedication is the only way. And it may sound good, but it may not be for everybody. So I you know, I don't talk about foundation because you know, having a foundation in and of itself doesn't necessarily benefit, you know, a family, an individual. But in conjunction with a private family estate, with business trust, asset trust, family trust, and the family foundation, you know, even if it's just you administering that private estate, you know, man, you're going to be, this, this is how, you know, this is how business, international businesses are restructured, restructured to reduce their taxation to 3% or 0%. This will incentivize you to start your own business if you haven't already. And if you don't, if you don't have your own business, you can re- reduce your taxable income every year by 30% legally if you if you have a job. Legally. Legal reduction of your taxable income every year by 30% for every employee. And that's because individuals can donate up to 30% of their adjusted gross income to a private charity and receive a charitable deduction. You don't own the money anymore. The individual no longer owns the money, but through the individual trusteeship, it may still control the money. You understand what I'm saying? And still have reduced your... You, maybe you made... What they were saying in the the current events $50,000 a year But if you donate 30% Of that $50,000 What have you done? You just reduced your taxable income You you may just Reduce your tax bracket Thirty percent of fifty thousand dollars 
It's about 15,000. So you went from your taxable income of being $50,000 down to $35,000. And you still control, you still control the, the other income that wasn't taxed through trusteeship. I don't know what else to say. And, you know, due to its federal, federal tax exemption, um, all transactions executed by that entity and through that entity, there's no sales tax either. And then let's say if you own a property, real estate, a, a, a house outright, 100% own it and donate it to your private family foundation. If the owner of the, the, the property is tax exempt, does it pay property taxes? And you wonder why we keep getting poorer and they keep getting richer because they have different knowledge than we do. And then, and then the, those of us who do have the knowledge, we don't have the discipline. We weren't taught it. And they, and they bet on the fact that we're not going to be able to teach ourselves the proper discipline and consistency that is required to apply the knowledge that they apply through generation to generation while they get richer and richer and we get poorer and poorer. Balls in your court, it's on you. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com. You know, book a consultation, holler at me about trustee training. I'm gonna tell you this you're gonna holler at me about foundations. I'm gonna tell you, uh, with regards to you know, obligations, contractual obligations, um, information and education beyond you know what we offer in the public here on the foundation. Is only made available or offered to those who have been through trustee training through the foundation or can show obvious substantiation that they have been educated with regards to the administration of a private contractual trust. The foundation does not sell trusts. The foundation does not sell corporations, does not sell legal persons. Foundation is an educational and informational administration. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Mm-hmm. Let's get it together. Business credit, you know, setting it up. I mean, I'm, I'm helping people with uh, a little bit of personal credit right now. But that's not an invitation to hit me up. So I'm like, yo, we have the personal credit. Because, uh, I mean, just because I can do my dance with my personal credit and, you know, the junior, you know, uh, personal credit. And then other people, you know, don't mean I can do it with everybody. I, you know, I offer no uh, guarantees. And then, you know, check out welcometothefoundation.com. Go to the education tab. You got the Foundation Trust Series, Part 1, Part 2. You got Foundation Trust Primer. You got passport, no social, part one, part two. These are things you don't have to, you don't have to uh, read the, the trust series of the passport, no social one and two. You just, you just watch it. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm taking Yusuf's advice and, and starting to get more visual with stuff. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, not only do a lot of people have difficulty reading, but a lot of people don't have time to read. 
to be honest. You can multitask when you're watching something. But it is what it is. I love y'all. I ain't, I'm not going to take any calls. You know, I prepped heavy for this show. I really had to go in and, and, and determine what I was going to say and how I was going to say it and how I was going to, you know, how I was going to put this down, this information down, hoping that you would pick it up. But I will say, you know, admin at welcome to the foundation.com if you want to holler at me. I suggest you get in trustee training right now. I suggest you start your own family business right now. I suggest you start working on your, your credit right now because this stuff is changing quick. And, you know, if you're, if you're at home, if you're, um, if you're, un, if you're you know, not working right now, unemployed and stuff, you know, you, you know, you get to the rock bottom, you know, sometimes you got to make, you got to take leaps of faith. Sometimes you got to make a sacrifice. Sometimes you got to do something that may seem crazy for the right reasons. And I've done it before, believe me, you know, I spent my last two dollars, hundred dollars, fifty dollars, with no guarantee of it coming back. But it was for the right reason. I had the correct intention. The correct intuition and you know, was looking at it the right way. And, you know, making investments in myself, making investments in my education. Paid off handsomely, handsomely, handsomely. Nobody's gonna give you nothing. You gotta make sacrifices. If you're not willing to do that, just you know, I guess sit sit back and spectate because we out here doing our dance. So with that being said, I love y'all. I really do. It's the reason why I do this show every single week. Why I offer consultations? Why I offer trusted training? Why I offer do? Why, why all this? I love y'all for real, and I want y'all to know this stuff. I want y'all to be able to combat. This public, this commercial realm, these these public entities, entity, all this stuff. I want you to have a, a alternative. Everybody out here talking about what's going down and how you you this, you that, you slave, you lose all. And blah, blah, blah. no one's really talking about the solution. So you know the foundation. So L, we talk about the solution. And the solution is your private education, hands down. I don't care what you're talking about. And the foundation of the solution in your private education is understanding contract law, trust law, and trust administration. Then you got to get into commercial law. With that contract law and that trust law, I mean, you mean commercial contract law is pretty easy, you know what I'm saying? And you can pass that down to your heirs. I mean, it takes, it's going to take sacrifice. And, you know, the generation before you didn't know what sacrifice to make. You know what sacrifice to make, and it's on you. And some of us, we just got to quit making excuses, yo. With that being said, I love y'all. Y'all have a great, wonderful, enjoyable week. Take care of yourself, you know. Um, email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. It's, it's time, it's past time, you know, it's almost too late. And y'all enjoy yourself, you know, take care of yourself. And, you know, know, know that you're worth it. But also, take the time. People are like, oh, I don't have time. You, you can't, you can't make time. That's not how it works. If you don't have time, you'll never have time unless you take the time. I'm telling you, to go somewhere new, you must do some things differently. You must. This is universal. Univers- hey, yo, hey, you can't get away from that. What I just said. You better, hey, you better just rock with it. These laws, the universal laws, universal principles will either work for you or against you. If your wisdom isn't based on 
the seven, the seven laws. I don't know. What to tell, I don't know what to tell you. But either way, you know, I I know you got this. I definitely believe in you. You know, um, and I congratulate you and and big up for you know investing in your private education, for you know checking out an informational uh, show, educational uh, program, versus being on YouTube and. And, 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 and being on Netflix and being on, you know, uh, Amazon Prime, HBO Now and all these joints. You know, I, I'm, I'm very proud of you. I commend you. That's what's up. And, you know, probably a lot of people ain't going to say that's what's up. They're not going to even recognize or know what you're doing. But I know what you're doing. And I, and I think it's dope. I know it's dope. And I'm just going to say keep, keep it up. And with that being said, y'all have a great week, man. Make sure you say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep. And I'll catch you next week, same time. Shame Network, High Frequency Foundation. Y'all enjoy yourself. I love y'all. Peace to God. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio.